0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lotus Life podcast. My name is Kim Fisher. I'm very excited, very honored that you're here with me yet again. I do have intro music, I do have outro music, but I'm having a hard time figuring out how to get it to play at the right rate right, right now while I use GarageBand to record my audio. I will get that fixed cuz it's a really funky little fun intro music and I like it. So I'm going to work on that. Um yeah. Like I said in my very first podcast episode, I'm not about being perfect. I'm just about doing a thing. So I actually right before I hit record, I was just fussing around and going through YouTube and trying to figure out how to fix the rate at which the music was playing. It's really funky. And then I thought, no, this is going to eat into my time. It's already late at night. I just want to get this information out there. So again, I'm all about taking action just do the thing. Figure it out as you go. That's what being human is all about. Okay. So in today's episode, I want to talk about something that has, um, I don't know, in some ways, I think it's a lie to people who do yoga. So if you do yoga, you've probably heard this. Yoga is going to be the remedy. Yoga is the fix. Yoga is a cure. Or maybe you haven't actually Heard that, but you believe that to be true about yoga. And I want to pause here and say that yoga does tremendous things. Yes, yoga is fantastic. I've been doing it for two decades. Obviously, there's something I like about it, and there's something really good about it, or I would not have stuck with it this long, right? What yoga does for you, and what's more important to understand about the practice and the process of yoga is that not that it removes your problems, it's that it changes your relationship to problems. Yoga does not cure your sadness. Yoga does not remove your depression, your anxiety, your trauma. Actually, the opposite if anything is true and doing yoga is only going to enhance the experiences, the things that you've buried. You know, that should be like the the disclaimer outside of every yoga studio is like, you know, caution, warning. (laughs) You're going to walk through these doors and it's going to fuck with your head and it's going to mess with your energy We're going to do it right, and we're going to do it safe, and we're going to slowly integrate you into this world, but be warned that the shit you've buried, the shit you don't want to look at anymore, the mud of your life is going to be resurrected. Whatever you've orphaned, whatever you've exiled, guess what? What? it is absolutely going to show back up. And you're going to do everything you can to fight it. Because why? You've been told, you've been gaslighted that yoga is this beautifully packaged, perfect thing that is going to make you feel incredible. Like I said earlier, it does. It absolutely does. But that's not the only thing it does. Sometimes it actually makes you feel very sad. So I wanted to explore that side of yoga because it's really valuable to understand that one is natural. It's natural to hit the mat, to do some pranayama, some mantra, move your body, conclude with shavasana, and then some meditation, and to wake up and be sobbing. Okay, to to sit back up and be like, "Oh my god," you know, I feel more dread than I ever had, or I I feel I feel really worried. Now, if you have a really fantastic yoga instructor who's guiding you, they've already talked about this with you. Um, maybe you feel comfortable, you go up to them after class and you you share what you're feeling and they're going to recognize it as you're not, you need help integrating the experience. And hopefully the very first fucking things out of their mouth after you tell them that you do not feel good is that's okay. Hopefully they don't say to you, Oh, uh, let's try to fix it. Let's, hopefully they don't give you a laundry list of all of these things you need to do quickly to purify yourself because that's that. And they might. I mean, that's, that goes back to the dualistic culture we're in right now with yoga where you know you got to clean up your body. You got to purify yourself in order to get to this holy state. But like, if a yoga instructor says to you after you come up to them sobbing and you're terrified and you're like, I thought yoga was supposed to make me feel good. Hopefully, they compassionately look at you and just say, It's okay. What you're feeling right now is totally natural. And actually, it's really, really good. Okay. And here's why it's good. Why is it good to feel sad after yoga? Because whatever you feel is you, it's not something made up. You know, it's like we have to wrap our heads around the fact that we are capable of feeling pretty shitty. We are capable of feeling absolutely filled with dread. We are capable of feeling confused. It's not like a state to pass through. It is a part of us. Every emotion you have is a part of you. You are the one that experiences it. You are the one that generates it. Now, whether or not you choose to act on what you feel or believe what you feel, that's that's the, the next step but first just recognizing that, hey, okay, this is what I feel right now. It's not what I was expecting. Okay, noted. Thank you, body, right? What about that piece? Where where can we start to access gratitude when we feel sadness? So let me pause here and tell you why yoga is fantastic for bringing you into a happy state. I mean, it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I wanna I wanna just talk about it, like in this context. So if you wanna be happy, because like that's that's what people say, right? Like if you do yoga, you're gonna be happy. If you do yoga, you're gonna be peaceful. If you do yoga, you're gonna be like walking around like Buddha and everything's gonna be great. And on one hand, that is true. Yoga does help you to elevate your spirit and expand your consciousness and feel connected to everyone and everything around you. Like, yeah, you're gonna feel very beautiful after, um, you know, elevating those, those feelings specifically. But the true path of yoga is you get there by going through your shadow. You actually learn to love on your mud, love on the crud, you know, love the shadow side, the pain so much that you like become curious about it. You want to, you want to dive deeper into your own suffering because you realize It's this annexed part of you, and that's the reason you've been feeling so fucking miserable, and it's the reason you've been feeling like you you can't find your value anymore. You're like, why am I here? What is my worth? Why don't I feel like I matter? I used to feel it. I lost it. And also, like, is this it? Is life just a bunch of responsibility and householder tasks? Like, how do I re or gain a new perspective on my value? What am I here for? My purpose. You get there, my friends, not by ignoring the shadow, by going straight toward it. Yoga is marketed now as this light-generating beautiful thing that cures it all. And if you fall into that trap, I'm gonna tell you at some point you're gonna you're gonna hit rock bottom so hard because because life is still happening while you're doing yoga. And you're not immune to death and disease and getting fired or accidents or whatever. Like that shit will happen. People leave you, you leave people, heartbreak, etc. Those things are gonna happen. And you're gonna come crumbling down and you're gonna go, What the hell? I thought I'm doing all this yoga. I'm not supposed to feel pain. No, 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 no. Yoga is the process of cracking open and expanding so that you have room. You make room and space for the pain, for the discomfort. Then when you make space through asana, pranayama, meditation, mantra, these things, uh, morning rituals, listening to inspiring talks, reading inspiring books, holding good company, all of these things help you to see that the worst moments are not actually the end of the world. And then you, you start to look at, crap that comes your way as, as the small stuff. And you are like, all right, I don't need to, I don't need to worry about that because I know it'll pass. And you become this radiant person, this confident person who is seated, right? The definition of asana, the seat, seated com- comfortably and steadily in the knowledge of who you are and your purpose. But again, I'm going to reiterate this a lot. I hit it on hard because I want you to understand that it's not by just heading towards the light. It's by actually turning and looking towards your shadow, and that's not sexy. So that's not going to be advertised, right? Like the cover of a yoga magazine is not going to suddenly go, "Yoga, the thing that brings you pain." You know, start your yoga now to cry it out on the mat. Yoga to re-examine your childhood traumas, like. <laughs> <laughs> no one would do yoga if that were the case. Yet, yet, I know. If you're like me, deep down, you know those are the things that have to be done. And actually you'll want it, right? Because like, those are the things that make you feel really alive. Those are the things that actually make you feel like, like after you're done crying, when's the last time you cried? Think about it. For some of you, you can't remember the time, right? And, and hopefully we're going to get you to a state where you're, you're able to allow yourself to feel these emotions and you actually are grateful for when they, when they arrive and then you understand that they pass so you don't freak out, you don't block it. But like if you think back to the last time you cried, how did you feel afterwards? Like maybe not great, but there's a part of you that felt cleansed. You sort of go, all right, like I got it out. Nothing's changed, nothing's fixed. I still got work to do. The problem still is screwed up, whatever. But, like, I feel like I've hit the bottom of it, and that feeling doesn't control me any longer. I've changed my relationship to the mud. So, yoga is a reframing, a recalibration of how you react to the stressors in your life. It is not the removal of stressors in your life. Over time, you learn to get really brave. Over time, you learn, oh man, I I can go through some pretty tremendous shit and actually I survive it. Not only that, I thrive. I go through some pretty dark stuff and I thrive afterwards. Then you start to think, well, all right, this is another challenge. I can feel it. I can tell. This is some real suffering right now but I've beat it before. I've gone through it before and I've thrived. So I know right now I can apply the same logic that I will get through this. And not only that, I will come through it with a lot more life tools, with a lot more life skills and a lot more life confidence. So bring it. Okay, I'm ready. Right? You get more confident. You get more resilient. You enter into that God and goddess mindset where you're on the battlefield of life and you are ready You're picking up your sword, you're picking up your wisdom, your weapons of wisdom, and you're fucking attacking. Or maybe you're like Durga, who's the battlefield goddess, who's just like really discerning. She's like, "Mm, I'm just going to stand here on the battlefield, and I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch and see what happens, but I will take action fear not, fear not. I'm going to freaking jump all over that when I need to, but I'm going to be discerning, right? Maybe that's more your vibe. Or maybe you're more like Kali or Shiva, who's just want to jump in and attack and burn it all down and chop heads off. You're like, you know what? I'm just going all in. It's time to roll up my sleeves and go. But you get to that point slowly over time, you start to learn that the wounds are the elixir. You have to go through your shadow. You have to feel your shit. You have to love it and thank it and honor it, actually, in order to arrive at this state of light and love. And really, I think that when we say we want to feel loved or give love, we want to feel light, we want to feel enlightened or whatever, I think at the essence of all of it, what we really want is freedom, liberation. And you can decide from what, like I've got a list of things from what, but really the heart of it is we want to be free. Do you think that anyone on this planet who is chasing their freedom does so by ignoring the shackles? No, of course not. You have to look at where you're shackled. You have to look or where you're symbolically stuck, where you're repeating bad habits. And lovingly, very lovingly, thank those areas of your life. Because honestly, up to this point, they've been there to keep you alive. They've served a purpose. That's why we want to, with our hearts, look and say, thank you. I know you were there to keep me alive. But right now, I've got life skills. I've got these tools. I know you're no longer needed there's a new dawn coming. These are now the skills I need. How do we practice this on the mat? Let me let me shift and turn to the actual physical practice. So how does this shadow side tie into hatha or hatha yoga, the actual postures on the mat? So When I teach yoga, what I like to do a lot is, yeah, I like to flow. I like to groove. I like to jam out. I like to really have people flow in vinyasa style. But what I really like, what really excites me is having students hold postures. Static postures are a killer. (laughs) You know, bridge pose, warrior one, chair pose, where the thighs are on fire, holding plank, holding down dog, where the arms are on fire. As soon as there's discomfort, as soon as there is discomfort in your body, what do you want to do? Exit the pose. That's natural. Everyone wants to do that. As Soon as it's uncomfortable, as soon as you're like, no, this is not what I came here for because that's what the mind says, right? Like you must be comfortable. You must have peace in your postures. You must experience joy. There must be ease all the time. And now there is there is a time and place for that. Of course, we do want practice to be balanced, but I'm I'm just saying here that like we do not always want to, in my opinion, be in a state of ease. I think it's really important to to work up some friction on the mat by holding postures longer than you want to, and then step into that. Observant role, step into that witness consciousness. Yogi's call it, where you're one, observing the physical experience—the shaking, the trembling, the, the 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 sandpaper qualities of of the energy moving up and down in your muscles, the extra blood flow, your heart rate, heart rate increasing, heat and fire and burning. Right. So, like observing all of that physicality, and then. Observing your mental reactions. What does the mind say? What words? What images? What's the mind doing? And then just sort of watching and really laughing about it because it could be quite entertaining what your mind wants you so desperately to believe about the moment, which is usually, you're going to die. If you stay here, oh my God, you can't handle this. No way. You're going to sweat too much. You're going to look horrible. It's going to mess up your hair. Or maybe your arm shaking to everyone else in the class looks like you're weak. And oh my gosh, you don't want to look like a weak per-. Like The story, the story we tell about the moment because we're just holding a stinking posture. Practice that. Practice that in the safe arena of a yoga studio. Practice it often. Practice it at home where you can actually you might feel more comfortable like, oh, and horse breath and all these, like, ah, oh, like. Really sighing it out, crying it out if you're not comfortable i'm I'm totally comfortable with just crying and letting every guttural animalistic sound out of my mouth as possible. I probably weird other people out, but that's that's my training and that's what I'm comfortable with and I encourage that with my students too. but you know, if you're home, you're doing this practice at home on your mat and you suddenly feel the urge to shout, do it. You suddenly feel the urge to cry, oh my God, do it. This is the energy shifting. This is it coming back out. This is you digesting it and assimilating it. And it it needs to come back out, sometimes the way it went in. And also, has sat there for a while in your body. It may be unrecognizable, and the body just needs to do what it does best, which is move or breathe or sigh or shake or tremble or cry or laugh, okay? All of these things are a natural and very beautiful response to the shadow and the mud of our lives, of a real difficult human experience. So we practice it on the map. We hold postures. We challenge ourselves physically and emotionally and mentally. We maintain that witness consciousness, like I mentioned, which allows you to stay lovingly detached so you can watch all these things happening as if they were happening to someone else. This is the practice that will help you get through the difficulties of life off of the mat. This is why we practice Hatha Yoga. This is why the busy householder like you and I needs to be in a state where we are going with the flow, riding the waves. We practice it on the mat. There you go. I hope you enjoyed this, and I really hope this inspires you to unroll your mat and practice riding the wave and embracing your beautiful, perfect shadow. Love you guys.